welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, it's Jessica. Thanks for joining us for episode 142 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm so glad to be with you. I have a really special episode for you today. It is with Lindsay Ostrom. You might know her better as Pinch of Yum online. She's an amazing food blogger, and I found out about her story after following her recipes for a while, and she was pregnant with her first child. And she posted on social media one day that she was 24 weeks along, going to a regular doctor's appointment, and they said, you need to head straight to the hospital. You're in preterm labor. She ended up delivering her son, and he died shortly after. And today she's bravely going to share what that process was like, how she went through losing her child, and what life has looked like since then. She also talks about how even though she went home empty-handed, how that doesn't take away her role as Afton's mom. Oh, so powerful. I know there's so many of you who've gone through a similar loss that can identify, and you're going to really love hearing from Lindsay today. So let's get to it with Lindsay Ostrom. All right, I want to welcome Lindsay Ostrom today. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be speaking with you. I originally found you because I love your recipes. You are Pinch of Yum. (laughs) Yes, that's me, also known as Pinch of Yum. Uh, Yes, exactly. I don't know if you're more known as Lindsay or more known as Pinch of Yum now. (laughs) Yeah, probably depends on the the circles. I've been seeing your chocolate chip cookies popping up kind of all over recently. Is that one of your most popular things? Yeah, it is. Yep, and it's one of my personal faves too. But yeah, it's... um, it started to rank for like, so like in Google search results, if you search, uh-huh. you know, soft chocolate chip cookies, um, I think it shows up near the top, which what? adds a lot of traffic to that. And then people continue to share it, which is super exciting. So that is incredible. So for people that may not know you, Lindsay, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah. So, um, I, my, I'm from Minnesota, live in Minnesota, live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I, grew up in a small town uh, called Cambridge and I met my husband there, got married um, and we both went off kind of into the world to do our own jobs, which were not related to blogging at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was an elementary school teacher. My husband worked in a nonprofit and then I kind of randomly started this food blog um, and it ended up growing to the point where we both left our day jobs. And that was probably when we were 25. I'm 31 now. Um, So we were 25, we kind of went full, you know, all in on the blog and never really thought, um, well, so I always thought when I was a teacher, I always thought like, we'll have, we'll have kids. I'll win you know, by the time I'm 30, I'll probably have two or three kids and I'm, I'll probably be a stay at home mom. And with everything that happened with the blog, I think it changed my perspective on, you know, family and like what I wanted that to look like. And mm-hmm. I, I think we both just felt we're surprised at how comfortable we felt not having kids and all of our friends were having kids and, you know, we love their kids and we're super excited to have kids, but also kind of felt like, um, kind of felt like it was okay for us to wait and that we would want that in the future, but, but it didn't need to happen right now. Um, and so in, um, 
gosh, 20, it was the fall of 2016. Um, I, we found out that I was pregnant and it was super exciting. Um, we obviously it wasn't, hadn't been like this long journey for us where we said like, let's try to get pregnant. And then I know a lot of people, um, a lot of my friends have kind of gone through these long periods of time where they've been trying to get pregnant. And for us, that wasn't the case. We got pregnant fairly quickly and we're really excited. I had turned 30. So it was like, this is really good timing. Everything's going really well. Um, and then we found out that we were having a baby boy and, um, I ended up, this is like the really condensed version of the story specific to Afton, but I ended up going into preterm labor at 24 weeks, um, with my son Afton and he was born on new year's Eve of 2016. And, um, at 24 weeks is kind of right on the edge of viability, they call it, or, um, a baby's ability to like recover and continue to grow and live. And so Afton was with us for, um, about 15 hours. He was in the NICU here in Minneapolis and then he passed away, um, on January 1st of 2017. So, um, we are now kind of in this space where we have the blog, like that's what we do full time. And we're super passionate about that. And we're kind of ready to move into this family phase, but now, um, have kind of had this major personal tragedy of losing our son, our first son. So that's mm-hmm. like kind of a all over the place story. <laughs> um, but hopefully that gives people kind of a snapshot of of who I am and what our story is. Yeah, I am so so sorry for your loss, Lindsay. I know for anybody that has lost a child, that is it just rocks your whole world and it rocks your whole vision of of the normal that you pictured your life going forward with. Right. Yes, for sure. And, and I think that's a lot to process. And even after you kind of come to terms with the loss itself, it's that vision of, well, what's our family going to look like? Right. Yes, for sure. Oh yep. my gosh. That is so hard. And so when you went into preterm labor, did you have any indication prior that there was any type of issue or this was going, this was a possibility? No, and I think that's one of the things that I think it's hard just no matter how it happens, whether you have an indication or you don't, um, but it was just so, so much a shock to us Mm. and so much of the grief that we've had and like the processing that we've done is, is around just how traumatic the whole thing was because it was so sudden. Um, I had gone in just for like a routine check and they had realized that I was already dilated and had to be like rushed to the hospital and put on bed rest. And then like, I didn't even know I was having contractions and there were all these different things, um, that just everything basically like we went into the hospital on a Wednesday and came home on a Tuesday without Afton and, um, and like in the span of one week, basically your whole life changes. It wasn't even a week. It was six days, you know, everything, Mm. everything changes, but there was no, um, I mean, I have previously have been healthy, still am healthy for all other explanations. And Afton was perfectly healthy. There was nothing wrong. It's kind of this unexplained, um, medical mystery where our doctors didn't really know, which, which makes it, like I said, I think it's hard. It's just hard. It's like the, the worst thing that can happen to you is to like lose your baby. Um, but I think a lot of how we process it has to do with the fact that it was so unexpected and Mm -hmm. never something that we thought would happen to us because you just don't think that will happen to you. Yeah, Um, no, absolutely. And it's probably different for somebody that maybe gets, you know, news at a scan at 20 weeks 
saying the the baby's not viable and having that time to process and have a little bit more time versus, oh, we're at the doctor. Oh, we're going to the hospital. Oh, he's coming. I mean, that just whirlwind, it's hard to even wrap your mind around that. So you're just flooded. Yep, definitely. Oh my gosh. And so, I mean, this is, I've got to be so hard to talk about, but what were those early days like for you after you realized you were not coming home with the baby? Yeah. Um, I mean, when we, when we came home, I, I remember being in the hospital and, you know, they told us like, he probably will be born within the week, you know, because of how you're progressing and because of the limited interventions that we can do. And I remember thinking like, no way. Like I definitely know. And I would know if he was going to be born Mm -hmm. and he's not like, everything's fine. And you still, I think even though you're in it, you still feel like it's not going to happen to you. Sure. Um, And we have been presented with all kinds of statistics, you know, the survival rate is something like 50, 50. And even of the babies that survive, um, you know, so many of them face lifelong medical challenges um as or just as a result of prematurity like not that there was anything wrong with the baby to begin with and i think you hear those numbers but you if you haven't if you've never been in the rare super rare percentage of those statistics um like basically the the bad outcome of those statistics Mm -hmm. then you you still feel like well this is really scary but we'll get through it and like we'll be the success story and I think I even had visions of you know this will be the story that I tell will be like we face all this adversity but then you know we came we come home with our baby and it's it's weird it's like this yeah you're there and you're understanding that that's a possibility but you don't really understand that that's a possibility until for us it was like the moment when you know they called us to come down to the NICU in the middle of the night because um he wasn't doing very well and then at that moment you're like oh my gosh like this is gonna happen to me and I'm gonna be the person that that goes through this and when you go home to speak specifically about that like for us so much of it is a blur and I think that's just grief too is like Mm. a sudden grief or um any kind of grief like that of losing a person a baby or otherwise but it's it's really just a blur and a lot of the moms other moms that I've talked to that have lost babies have kind of had that same thing where they look back and say what really even happened Mm -hmm. in those in those first few weeks because for most of us we're not working um and spouses may or may not be working and you just are existing and it's just a really, really strange, strange time. Absolutely. Um, was and that... a dark time, obviously. Very dark. Yeah. Was there anything that anybody did or said that was helpful? Because so many times when you don't know what to say, the tendency is kind of to shy away and do nothing because you're just afraid of doing the wrong thing. But yep. was there anybody that showed up that really did do something or say something that was helpful? Yeah, I mean, for us in those, especially in those early days, um, people would just come by and they sometimes, um, we, so we had a meal train set up, which Mm -hmm. was really helpful, which is basically where people just bring you meals for a month or more. Mm -hmm. Um, they sign up to bring you a, bring you a dinner or send you a meal gift card or whatever. So you just don't have to worry about food for, um, for quite a while. And that was really helpful. And on our meal train, um, the directions were, just leave the food and don't come in, like just Mm. leave it on the front steps and don't knock or whatever. Um, and that was really helpful to not have to like out of the blue talk to someone. And especially, 
a lot of them were people that I hadn't spoken to in, in such a long time. They were, you know, friends from previous, friends from college or friends from whatever. And so to have to, like, catch up would have been really right. exhausting. But then in the same breath, I'm going to say, like, it was really helpful to talk to people. And there were people that came by. Um, I remember the literally the first morning after we got home, somebody knocked on our door and left something. And I opened the door. I didn't know who it was and I saw her, I saw someone getting into their car and driving away and I'm like in my pajamas, you know, like <laughs> just totally awful right. and, and waving her down and I'm like, who is it? Like, I can't see you. But I was so wanting someone to come in and like talk to us and mm. talk to me. And so she, she was like, you know, it's Amanda and, and from her car window, like yelling out from the road. And I'm like, come in, I, you should come in for a little bit. And so, um, she's probably like, um, no, thanks. But she came in and I, and it's like, just let us talk about it, you know, and just let us cry and be sad. And I think, I think there are really helpful things that people can say, but also a lot of what people can do is just listen. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be different depending on the person. For me, I'm the kind of person that likes to talk. I like to process through uh, with other people, but some people don't, and it's hard for them to talk about it. And I think just understanding, like letting the griever drive that Mm -hmm. bus is, uh, is always the way to go um and not forcing them to talk about it but like letting them know that you're open to hearing about it I mean even if people would say stuff like one of the most meaningful things was like do you have pictures of Afton and it would be like oh my gosh yes I want to show you pictures and I'm not gonna get to show these pictures to a lot of people and these are the only pictures I have of my son you know Mm. and so for people to ask that I feel like that was that's maybe like an easy way into the conversation because people almost I, I would be really surprised to find a mom who's lost a baby who does not want to show a picture of her baby to someone that asks um, especially a close friend and then from there kind of kind of playing it by ear in terms of like do they want to talk about it do they not is it too hard um but that feels like maybe like a safe place to start sure um it would be to just ask about if there are pictures or kind of those vague questions that can lead into deeper conversation if if she wants. Right, right. And just realizing you don't necessarily have to be ready to say anything to them. Just listening is enough and and letting them drive it. I think that's a really great point. Um, I had Kelsey Nixon on. Um, If you're familiar with her, she lost her son Leo after 30 days in the NICU. And she said people didn't really ask about him, right? They didn't ask about about Leo because it was kind of uncomfortable. But finally someone said, tell me about Leo. Mm-hmm. because even for 15 hours holding him, even for her 30 yep. days, there was a life there. That's your son. Yep. And like you said, showing the pictures, saying, you know, what he looked like or whose features he had. Yes. Yep. That's that was one of the most the beautiful um, thing. meaningful things to me would be when people would say something like, you know, oh, look at his nose, you know, yeah. that like we shared just a few pictures online. And so, oh my gosh, look at how cute his nose is. And it's like, or his little fingers and toes and who does he look more like and um, those kind of things is like that's that's all you get of that right. and you're not going to get a lifetime of of that and so it's really really precious it was really precious to me when people would talk to me about that kind of stuff I love that that's that's great to know that gives us a lot of courage to ask those simple questions that are kind of just leading them wherever they yeah. want to to open up to. Will you tell yeah. me about Afton's name? I love it so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, so 
we it was so early that he was when he was born that we yeah. didn't have a name picked out and I remember when we were admitted to the hospital there was probably like three days between when we were admitted to the hospital and then when he was actually born and um I remember as soon as we were admitted, it was like, oh my gosh, we have to pick a name right. because we don't know how you know how soon he's going to be born and and all of that. And we were really struggling. Like we were kind of going back and forth, and we would just try names out, but we didn't. We just didn't have one we felt good about. So one day, um, when we were when I was on bed rest and in the hospital, Bjork's parents, Bjork's my husband, so Bjork's parents came, and they were sitting in the hospital room with us, and he was talking. Bjork was talking with his dad about. Uh, poetry, which is so funny to tell as a story because it makes it sound like they sit around and talk about poetry all the time, <laughs> which is not necessarily true. But in this situation, they were talking about poetry. And um, they were talking about how, you know, poetry can, a lot of poetry can feel so sad, it can feel so heavy. And Bjork said to his dad, he said, um, Well, one of the like poems or songs that I really love is this poem called Sweet Afton and it's actually not sad it's this like beautiful sweet happy poem um and we know it as a song it's a song by Nickel Creek uh-huh. that took a really old poem and, and made it into this beautiful song and I had been like totally zoned out of the conversation like I was just kind of resting and whatever in a daydreaming just in a different place and as soon as I heard Bjork talking to his dad say the word um Afton or talk about Sweet Afton I like it was like all of a sudden I jolted awake and I was like, Oh my gosh, Afton, like what a great name. I love that name. And there were so many of the things on our like name wish list mm-hmm. that his name checked off. Um, we had really wanted like a Scandinavian feeling name and wanted something that felt kind of nature inspired and Afton was all of those things. And so after his dad left, we, um, Bjork and I talked about it and we didn't even officially decide at that point. We both really liked it and mm-hmm. we both like cried and listened to the song. And we yeah. were like, you know, this is this feels so perfect. And then it was the next day, just right before I went into um, the C-section for him to be born, that we were like, okay, officially, yes, this his name is Afton. Oh. Um, so yeah, it was it was. I feel like for what it for what the situation was, it was just like a beautiful way to name him and to and to feel like that was just the right name for him. Yeah, it felt like the right timing to come up with it, and just the beautiful sentiment. And I do love that song. So for anybody that might be facing something similar or if you've known somebody that is going through something similar, what would you tell that person? What has surprised you or what have you learned about going through this experience? Like, what do you want people to know? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I would say is, I mean, if there's someone listening to this that is facing that loss like I just am so sorry and I'm so sorry that you know this um pain and it's so unnatural like it's it's everything about it is wrong for a mom to say you to bury her her baby like it's so Mm -hmm. backwards everything about it is 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 not right um so I'm just really sorry for anyone who is listening who is walking that road um one thing, one thought that's been really powerful for me is, um, so I have a mom, we all have a mom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think about if I, whether right now or when I had been 10 years old or when I had been a baby or in the future, whatever, like whenever I die, my mom will still always be my mom. Mm-hmm. Or if my mom dies, 
she's still my mom. And just this idea that like death doesn't change Mm -hmm. your relationship to someone in your family um, and to your child. And so Mm -hmm. just knowing that even though for me, Afton's not here, um, I'm still his mom and I don't know what happens after we die or how heaven works or, you know, if Afton can see me or if he cannot see me or all these different things. But like, I'm his mom always. And if I died, I would want my mom to live, to, to call herself my mom. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Um, like death doesn't change that. And so I think that's been really empowering for me is to say like, you didn't stop being his mom when he died. You're just his mom forever. Like you, as soon as he's born, forever until forever Nadia it doesn't even stop right, when you die. Right. like I'm always his mom and right. so death can't take that away and I think that's been like a really powerful powerful and empowering thought for me yeah that is so sustaining I'm sure oh boy this is this is a heavy one but I, I but I think it's so I we'll talk about cookies and blogging in a yeah, few minutes right. but <laughs> but just to to wrap up this this part Yes. How has this journey changed you as a person since you became a mom, Lindsay? How are you different now than you were five months ago? Yeah, um, I think I think probably the biggest difference, I mean, okay, I could say like negative differences. You can say that if you want. Yeah. my experience with motherhood is also my experience with grief. Um, and like it's, it's a weird thing where I know what it means to be a mom but not really like I don't know what it means to to get up with your baby every night and to pick out the right stroller and all that kind of stuff but I know this other deep deep side of grief Mm -hmm. and loss and love and so I think on the on the deeper and maybe like sadder side um I it's made me more tired that's probably a universal mom (laughs) yeah yeah you're still more tired yeah right whatever um but I'm I'm tired and I think I'm more sensitive but I think the sensitivity could could lean either side I think it can both be um a negative thing in that people will say things that are just everything becomes harder for me you know somebody else announces that they're having a baby and it's like oh my gosh I'm so sensitive to that sure um but then I'm also more sensitive in the way of like really being aware of what's important and what what things matter and um just maybe being softer in general um I think before I before having Afton and like being his mom I I had that softer side of me, but it wasn't quite as on the surface. Hmm. And I think now it, it is more on the surface. And I think I'm, um, I'm more my, like my, both my grief radar and my gratitude radar, I would hmm. say are just really heightened. Um, just having like a heightened sense of what's important, what matters, what doesn't matter. Um, and I, it's weird because I, I've heard that this is true for, for a lot of people that go through a really hard experiences is they would not necessarily want to live that experience again, but they also would not want to go back to who they were before that Mm. experience. And I think that's really true for me where of course I would never want to want this to be my story and I would never want to go through that again. Um, but I also am, feel like I'm a better person now having lived through that than I was before and and you just it's the kind of thing where you don't know until you know or you don't have that finely tuned grief radar until Mm -hmm. you've been through grief or same with the gratitude so I think there are a lot of 
there are a lot of hard things, but there are also a lot of really good things that have come out of my unique journey of being a mom. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. The grief radar and the gratitude radar, just being more sensitive. And I think that's okay to be sensitive to grief because it's not only your own grief, but I think you'll also be more sensitive to other people's grief and the empathy that goes along with that, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, for sure. And and it's a kind of thing where you kind of, it kind of becomes a magnet, you know, sure. like you hear about other people and it's like, oh my goodness, I need to go listen to their story. I need to read their book. I need to mm. check out their blog um, and I need to connect with them. And I think that comes from that heightened sense of like, you know, grief, right? And, and like a sensitivity to it. And it feels good to read those stories and cry, you know? Mm. And like, it feels like I'm able to give them the weight that they deserve because I myself have experienced it. So it's probably on some level, like just a deeper sense of empathy mm-hmm. um, or an ability to, to kind of like take on those emotions as they relate to someone else's story. Absolutely. And you were very public with your life before um, getting pregnant and everything. And after, did you feel kind of an obligation to share or was there ever a time when you felt like you didn't want to be public with it or that you wanted to be more reserved? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think I'm maybe different than, this is unique for every person, but I may be different than others in that, like, I always wanted to share mm. about it. And even when we were admitted to the hospital, but before Afton was born, like, I did an update um, on the blog. And even when he was, this was on like my personal Facebook, but like after he was born, um, I just felt this urgency to like, I think that's my, if you did, if you know, like the strengths finder, Uh like that's my strength is like communication and connection. And so after he was born, I didn't like, I never thought twice about should I share this or not? Because of course I would share it. Like this is my son and he was born and I want people to know and I want I want to share about it before he dies with the mm. knowing that he might not make it, you know. And I think there are other people that actually other like lost moms that I know that I'm friends with who still they hadn't they they lost their babies around the same age as as Afton was, which is like at that 24 weeks and had never even told their close. Yeah, uh, I shouldn't say close family. Friends, sure, but like, sure. Had never even told their community that they were pregnant to begin with. So then obviously never told them about the loss either. And I think it's just different for every person. But for me, I always felt like I wanted to share. And I'm really, really grateful because I have a safe place to share that. And like the blog community that that we've kind of built over the years just was so incredibly supportive. And Mm. I got, it's like internet support, you know, cards and stuff like that. But it was, it really made a difference to me and like meant something to me beyond just the internet um and so I was really grateful to to have a a safe place to share about him and to kind of have others love him with us sure that's wonderful and as one of those people that well and I followed pinch of yum I didn't follow you personally until you linked to your personal account and said hey it looks like I'm going to the hospital if you Mm want to follow along come on over and so that's when I started following you there and was just captivated and I was praying for you and pulling for you guys and Afton and those pictures I just I don't know it was so powerful to me I don't even know you but I don't know I just felt so invested in you and in your story you know and the hope that Mm -hmm. there's a there's a bright future there Mm -hmm. um and I'm sure a lot of your followers felt the same 
Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And it's like, hopefully what is I'm communicating here is like really that just means a lot. Yeah. Um, means a lot more That's... than you would think yeah. an Instagram comment or a like or whatever. Well, sure. Really, when somebody really comments, when someone comments on your chocolate chip cookies, you're like, oh, good. I'm glad they liked it. But yes, when someone exactly. comments on your baby and when someone sincerely offers their condolences that's got to go a long way yes yeah it really it really does and yep. so now five months later what role does this loss play in your day-to-day life now what does your life look like now yeah I would say it looks fairly normal uh-huh. maybe with a little bit more um exhaustion yeah kind of woven through everything Um, I I teach workshops for food photography and I just taught like my first one, you know, after, after kind of being back at work after losing Hefton, um, it was last week and I was super excited about it and went really well, but I was, by the end of it, I was like so exhausted. Like usually I'm exhausted after a workshop, but this was just like extreme level exhaustion. So I think, um, from the outside, I, I think like things look the same and for the most part, things are like getting back to the same pace and I'm, you know, I'm showing up at work every day and I'm doing the stuff that I'm supposed to do. It's not like I'm laying in bed all day, you know, being sad. But I think one, uh, something a friend of mine wrote that I really resonated with me is that this idea that like grief is not an emotion. I mean, grief is not like an emotional experience as much as it is just a reshaping of your life. Hmm. And I feel like that's so true for me where I just, it's not like, oh, today I have the emotion of grief. It's like my whole life is reshaped. And so everything mm. I do is done with this filter of loss and love and like what it means to be a mom to a baby that's not here. And um, yeah, so on a practical level, I think that looks like just continuing to step forward and maybe honoring the days when I feel a little too tired to really push to get something done. Mm-hmm. Um And I think to what I said before, too, about your perspective changing and your priorities, like, it just doesn't matter to me as much anymore, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I got to really push to get that last thing done for the blog. And now it's like, well, no, I'm tired. And I want to go home and go for a walk with my dog Sage and my husband. And that's more important to me. And I need to like, in this season of my life, I need to honor, honor that as a part of kind of the grief and loss journey. Yeah, absolutely. And you have been so sweet in mentioning your dog on these posts and how Sage has really been a great companion during this really difficult time. Tell tell me about that sweet relationship. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, do you have a dog? I don't, but I just, I live vicariously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, I mean, so she is just like just everything and for people who are dog people I feel like this is just a universal thing and people understand this but I mean she will just be with me like all the time and just be so loving and so she's not a peppy dog she was like born to be a therapy dog I think um and she'll just sit with me and she'll just kind of like snuggle with me and I feel like she matches basically her her mo all the time matches my mood which is just so amazing um yeah and and I think also she brings me joy in a way that really nothing else does and it sounds so I can't believe I'm even gonna say this but like I feel like it's the closest thing I have to like mothering something is like taking care of her Mm. and so it's like 
getting a new little bandana for her or like taking doing a special trip with her to the dog park and it just feels good to like have this little creature in our family that we like love so much and and care about and that brings us so much joy and also also so much comfort um she can kind of cover any of the range of emotions that we need to experience so yeah it's it's pretty awesome we loved her before and we, it's not like our love grew necessarily right. but maybe our our appreciation. appreciation and our realization of like how important she is um has yeah grown, she's so. your emotional support dog without you she knowing is. that you were going to need one she is yeah yes. dogs can be so intuitive that is that's incredible and then you've also been working on your office remodel in your attic and i've loved following along with that as well yeah it's how's been that come kind in? of a crazy um season and we're we're still like just yesterday I was actually kind of running around the house like oh my gosh I just am so ready for this to be done technically the construction is done in our house and it has been for a few weeks but like right now it's just a mattress on the floor and Mm -hmm. like no furniture you know folding chair in the corner and that kind of stuff um so all that stuff takes time and going back to the exhaustion piece it's like oh man how it's so hard to find the time and energy to put all that together but yeah that the remodel for our upstairs was actually meant to be um to happen because of Afton and because of you know we're having a baby and so we need more space and mm-hmm. all of that and we they were supposed to come and start the day that we got home from the hospital so oh like literally gosh. from the hospital room at the day after Afton died, I was like, Bjork, they're coming like tomorrow. You have to call them and tell them not to come, that we can't have them come and to like take all the lumber back and like, you know, oh, get all the man. stuff out of there so we can go home and have it be in peace. And they were, our builders were just incredibly gracious about it. And we ended up pushing the project back. So we still did it, but gave ourselves, you know, two months or whatever of peace and quiet at home. And then to be honest, I think having them in the house and doing the construction, we have a really small house. So it's like, you definitely don't want to be home while they're there. Uh-huh. It's just like so loud. Um, but that was, I think, a good thing for for me to like force me out of the house a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's a good kind point. Of say like, yeah, just like now's your time where you need to be at work because you can't, you can't be at home during this time. And um, just having a change in our house too feels really good. I, I know that's something that's common for a lot of people that go through grief, but um but just saying like we're different and this is a new chapter in our lives and we want our physical surroundings to represent that mm-hmm. um that has felt really good and so as an amazing cook as a great baker what do you usually make for your family what are some of your go-to recipes that we might want to try for our family this week oh i this is like so feels so predictable, but I guess maybe the people that listen to your podcast don't know me, so they haven't heard <laughs> me say this a hundred times already. But I have this recipe for a it's kind of like a twist on a guacamole sort of thing. It's uh-huh. I call it magic green sauce. Okay. And it is like an avocado based sauce. So it's just avocados. I use my food processor all the time. So it's okay. like avocados in the food processor. Um, and there's a lot of herbs in there, like cilantro, can be basil, can be parsley, garlic, lime juice. There's a jalapeno in there, so it's a little spicy. Basically, everything that's in there is green. There, mm-hmm. I also put pistachios in there. And it's just this, like, really yummy dip slash sauce slash goes on everything kind of concoction. Okay. And I use it all the time. Like, I will toss it with sal- salad, whatever salad ingredients I have. I'll put it on a sandwich or a burger. Um, or put on grilled chicken. It's just amazing. It's just a magic sauce. Just magic. 
Yeah, it really is. That's I, why I call it magic green sauce. That's um, amazing. So that's kind of a go-to because we can just keep it in the fridge and it kind of goes with any meal. Okay. Um, I also love, I'm kind of loving, maybe not so much in summer, but um, I got an Instant Pot this winter. Okay. And like a pressure cooker. Yeah. And it's been super fun. I really like making stuff in it because it goes a lot faster than like a like a crock pot would. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that a lot. I have a lot of curries and a lot of soups that I like. Um on the blog but if I had to tell you like one recipe I would say go try the magic green sauce and if you have a sweet tooth I would say the chocolate chip cookies are probably the most popular on the site and they're like it's for me that's like a memorized recipe yeah along with the magic green sauce those are some staples for me how did you learn how to cook in the first place oh man I am not a formally trained chef you were a teacher yeah um, but I, I would say I learned just through trial and error and like making what tastes good to me. I used to, so when I was in college, I lived with a bunch of girls and one of the girls that I lived with, I'm still, she's still a good friend of mine, um, Angela, shout out to Angela. She is a really good cook and we both love food and we would just like try random stuff all the time. Usually it was like based on an idea we saw in a cookbook or magazine, but then we'd kind of make it our own thing. Yeah. And when Bjork and I got married and we were like working jobs and officially had times where we'd like come home and, you know, now it's time for dinner and we're going to eat together and kind of like, feels like playing house a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but I loved cooking for like an audience, like having someone to cook for. And um, I'd get so excited to talk about food and he'd kind of be like, okay, like, I don't really care, but I'll eat it. And it's so good and all of that. So the blog um, just sort of became a place for me to talk with people about what I was cooking. Uh-huh. Maybe less of like, I'm I make such great food, and here's what you should make. Especially in the beginning, it was more like, oh, I tried this recipe from this cookbook and I really liked it. Let's yeah. talk about it. That kind of thing. Um, but then as time went on, I started to get more confident just playing with recipes on my own and kind of coming up with new new ideas and yeah so a lot of it's been like a trial and error type type learning through cookbooks through other blogs magazines stuff like that I think maybe that is why I love your stuff so much is that it is so approachable because I feel like even I could do it like you figured it out and yes you're more of an expert now obviously after so many years but I can do that too and it feels really approachable and um it's just regular food that's delicious it's not like really far out food so it's good for my family that's awesome. It makes me happy to hear Yay. that because that's what we that's what we go for. So that's so great. So what do you have looking forward to this summer and what's on the horizon for you, Lindsay? Yeah, um, so we have some travel lined up this summer, which I'm excited about. And I found travel to be just like a really good just a really good thing for us in this season. Um, just to get away and see different places and all of that. And so we are traveling. Um, we're going to Alaska actually in like a week. So wow. that should be super cool. And then we'll go to Wisconsin um, with my family and possibly doing um, a couple other trips this fall. So that's kind of, I feel like that's like the big exciting thing. Obviously, we'll be finishing off the, the attic and kind of getting all our furniture up there and stuff. Um, and we, um, we've been given, I mean, in terms of on the kid and family front, like we would love to think about and talk about trying uh, to have, you know, to have another baby. And, but with basically with everything that's happened um, for us, our doctors want us to wait for quite a while before we try again. So Mm. we're kind of in, I feel like we're kind of in this limbo time of like, well, we can't 
do the number one thing that we really want to do, which is start a family. Right. Uh, so what are the second best things? And I feel like those are some of the second best things that are um, we're continuing to work on the blog and can, doing fun things like travel, house projects, stuff like that. Right. That's wonderful. Well, I'm so excited for everything you have coming up. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your journey. You are a truly an extraordinary mom, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Where can people find you online? Yeah, well, my most probably my most active place is Instagram. Um, so I'm at Pinch of Yum on Instagram. My personal account on Instagram talks more about, you know, our personal life and uh-huh. grief and loss, and that's Lindsay M. Ostrom. And probably the best way to do that is just by – it's, like, linked in my um, – or mentioned okay, in my yeah. profile of Pinch of Yum – then the blog is just pinchofyum.com and I feel like those are probably the three best yeah the three best places to start the places that I that I exist on the internet awesome frequently that's so. great and I'll link to everything on extraordinarymomspodcast.com so people can find you there I always awesome. ask my guests one final question Lindsay and it's this what would you tell your pre-motherhood self oh um I would say that I struggled and still struggle uh, with anxiety from time to time. Um, and going into being a mom, I thought I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna carry you know had all these worries like what if this happens? What if this happens? And I would tell my pre-motherhood self that the worst possible thing can happen to you, um, and you can survive it, and mm. you will be okay. And it's like, okay, but never okay, right? Like, yeah. whenever I say I'm, you're okay, it's with the understanding that, like, I'm missing a piece of my heart forever. Um, but you can get up again, and you can um, you can be wholehearted in the way that you live, even if the worst possible thing happens to you. Whew. That's going to speak to so many people, because regardless of whether it's a loss of a child or anything like that, everyone's felt that. Like, is it going to be okay? I just lost my job. We mm-hmm. just moved across the country. We have no people. We, you know, lots of bad things happen in life, right? Mm-hmm. And you wonder, is it going to be okay? And you're proof that it will be. Thank yes. you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and sharing Afton with us. He Thank you for giving me a place so, to share it. It really, it means a lot. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're an extraordinary mom, Lindsay. Thank you. <laughs> have a wonderful day. Yep. Thanks. Bye-bye. So while that may not have been the most uplifting type episode, I hope that the message that came through was that there is hope in all things. There is joy to be found even after the most tragic of losses, even after the most trying of circumstances. And I loved what she was talking about as far as, yes, it can be a negative to go through something like that, and it can be a negative that your life is kind of framed around this this new sentiment of grief, but then it's also heightened with your gratitude and being grateful for the life and the opportunity you have to keep going and to wake up in the morning. She is such an amazing mom. She is an amazing blogger, and it was my privilege to talk with her today. So thanks, Lindsay, for being on the show. Like I said, anything we talked about will be linked on our podcast website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at jessicadalquis3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. It's so fun to bring you these episodes every week. And my goal and my hope is that the moms who need to hear these messages are able to hear them. So if you know somebody that might enjoy and benefit from this episode today or any of our past episodes, will you share a show with a friend? That just means so, so much. 
I really appreciate all the reviews that have been left lately. Thank you so much. It really does help new moms to find the show. I'm really excited for Friday's episode. We're having Jansen Bradshaw back. She was back oh over a year ago now, and she is at Everyday Reading, and she is going to talk about summer book reads. What should you be reading this summer for you? for your kids and what she has going on since the last time we spoke. She's an awesome expert in the field of reading and I can't wait to have her back on the show. So thanks for joining us today on the podcast and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.